Let's have a sincere conversation about events across the nation and topics for our own morality. Let's openly discuss in an environment of trust where perception is reality. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Perception is Reality. It's your host, David. Thanks for tuning in. I'm ecstatic based on just a short few green minute, green minute, green room. <laughs> All right. Based <laughs> on the green room discussion with my new BFF in the world, Kathy Weiss, who is the joy healer. She's a clairvoyant and just all-around awesome person, so thank you for being here today. Hey, David. I am really ecstatic for this conversation as well. Well, good. That makes two of us. So, we're all curious and wondering what the topic of today's conversation is going to be. So, what is that going to be? The topic is going to be clearing up misconceptions around clairvoyance, sort of demystifying what that means, and then we'll kind of go from there and see where where the trail leads us. Well, I like to follow the breadcrumbs. Um, so far, I have not followed the breadcrumbs to a house with a witch that eats me. It's all been good, so I'm ready to go. Right on. Well, I am not going to be the witch that eats you either, which is good <laughs> well, news. And I think that's like... You would be Gretel in this conversation. So, <laughs> oh, I mean... <laughs> well, see, then it can't even be possible. Um, but it, it, that just came to mind because the first time someone said to me, oh, you're clairvoyant, I was like, what? No. That, no. Uh -uh, because that's like the weird, creepy old lady like bent over a crystal ball with like one hoop earring and a scarf on her head and like a snaggle tooth. Wow. You, know you I and mean? I like, have very different perception, mis, uh, perceptions on what that means. Right. Like I went, I just went right there. Um, and, and sort of with a whole like, no, somebody, that's like a swindle. That's not like a real thing. And I had to really sit down and do some research and educate myself as to what it means to be clairvoyant and what that gift really is. So the word itself just means clear seeing. But when we refer to someone who is clairvoyant, we're sort of referring to what some people call like psychic gifts. Uh, to me, it's like an energetic gift because I think the word psychic implies someone who can predict the future, which FYI, I cannot do. I wish I could, but not does oh, not happen. I well, know. I'm sorry, that concludes today's conversation. Right? We're out. Like I just, I, I just had somebody private message me a question that said, "When am I going to get pregnant?" And I was like, "I don't know." I don't know. As soon as the sperm <laughs> makes the egg, the egg. And, yeah, exactly. Know, the, it implants in the wall, and then boom. Yeah, that's when it's going to happen. But so clairvoyance for the way that my gift works has a couple of components. First of all, I'm highly sensitive and only about 20% of the population is truly highly sensitive. And probably of that 20% of people, I think the less them that know and understand what that means. So I can feel people's energy over greater distances and at higher intensity than an average person. So we can all feel each other's energy when we're in close proximity. Like 
That's why emotions are contagious. That's why you can walk into a room and be like, something weird is going on, even if nobody's talking. I just happen to be able to feel that anywhere on the planet. I can tune into people anywhere. But energy or your the electromagnetic vibration that comes off of your body travels in a wave like a sound wave or a light wave. It doesn't have words or language. It's just this vibration. So when I feel people's vibrations, I get images in my mind to translate the vibrations. So I'll see pictures or colors or symbolic things. It's not always literal or I'm gonna hear words and phrases in my mind. So the pictures or the colors or the images, that's clairvoyance, that's interpreting someone's energy. And hearing words and phrases is clairaudience. It's the same thing, I'm feeling energy and it gets interpreted into words and phrases. So in, in a really basic nutshell, that's what clairvoyance or clairaudience is. Cool, and so that's, that's our friend Kathy. So how long ago did you learn about this? And I'm not asking to like, you know, I know you never ask first their age. That's not what I'm intimating. Yeah. But I mean, do how long have you had known about this gift? That's a super awesome question because I've even had to like go back and ask myself that question. It was such a natural part of me um, and something that I kind of always did secretly um, but didn't understand. I would say easily it's been like in my awareness at least 12 to 15 years I probably was always doing it um, you know throughout my whole life and it was a little over two years ago when when somebody dropped the, the like you're a clairvoyant bomb on me and I had to figure it out we've been out of the closet and speaking freely about it for since the beginning of 2018 cool yeah so we're kind of still in the newness phase of it so mm -hmm. let me let me ask you this because i'm going to have a lot of questions about this alone um, yeah i'm fascinated by by these kind of things um when you say doing it mm -hmm. and i know you describe what clairvoyance means but i have a feeling in my head i'm perceiving a difference between what you do and what doing it means versus the actual like what you've described as a clairvoyant is capable of and how you see things, but what does doing it really mean? Um, so being like deliberate and actually sitting down and like reading someone's energy. So people hire me to read their energy and explain to them what's happening in their energetic field. And then I deliver guidance and messages to help support them and move them forward in life. And I give them like real world action steps. So when I say like I'm going to do it, it's because I'm actually going to sit down and deliberately work one on one with someone mm -hmm. and use my gifts to help them in their life. Kind of, It looks a whole lot like life coaching, except I don't have a set program or anything because it's all based on each individual person. Okay. So I'm going to back up there for a second, but mm -hmm. I would like to interrupt this podcast for today's commercial which is, Kathy, how can people find you? They can go to thejoyhealer.com. It's that simple, people. Now, everybody, I bet you were worried. You were like, oh, my goodness, David, you promised us a no advertisement podcast. And I had you worried. But you guys know I like to tell the guests early on in the show how to have people reach them. And then we'll do it again later. So, got y'all. So, there. Right on. Okay. Um, so, Kathy. Yes. What 
so I, let's back up to what you described you doing. It means, means you're doing it intentionally mm -hmm. to help people. So what would a typical, what's a typical session like? Yeah. Super awesome question. Before I meet up with someone, whether it's in person, if they live in close proximity to me, or if they don't, we meet up on Zoom, which is, I think, like the internet's greatest gift to connection with people. Um, I sit down and I read their energy prior to the session so that I'm getting a clear reading of just their energy. I'm not using facial expressions or body language or anything to sort of sway my opinion. Mm -hmm. And that can take me about 20 to 30 minutes. And I just take copious notes, like one and a half to two pages of handwritten notes. Then when we meet up together, like I said, either online or in person, we go over those notes together and have a real conversational style. So when people are working with me, they're welcome to jump in at any time and ask questions and we clarify, especially because energy doesn't have language. Sometimes the words I would choose to describe it are slightly different than what someone else would choose. So I always want to make sure that we're on the same page. Mm -hmm. And as we go through the information, like I said before, I give real world action steps. So I'm also an intuitive. And what that means is harder to describe intuitiveness because it just means like, oh, I just know that you need to do this. Well, how do you know? I don't know. I just know. Like, just trust me. I just know. And when people do follow like the real world work that they need to do, their lives totally transform and head off in a new trajectory. Um, and then I do use Oracle cards in the session. They're kind of like tarot cards, a little different. And they're, the cards are not fortune tellers. They're inspirational tools. And when we pull out a card, it can help either myself or the, my client sort of look at what we're discussing from a different perspective and get them out of their regular way of thinking to just, again, like open up new avenues of making meaning and understanding what's happening in their life so that then they can make informed decisions and really start to come into alignment with like the best version of themselves that they can be. Cool. So why do people, well, for I've like, so I'm going to ask you this. You can think about it for a second, but then I want to back up and, okay. and say something else first, but I want to lay this on you. So I want you to think about like why, I know you know the answer to this, but I, I'm going to say it so I don't forget it. Why do people seek you out? Mm -hmm. But so I have, um, I know somebody who uh, will get messages and dreams mm -hmm. from friends, families that are, haven't passed on. Mm -hmm. And she is compelled to deliver the message in the dream to the person that the dream is for. Mm -hmm. And then after she's delivered the message, she can't remember anything about it. And like, if you bring it up, she's like, what are you talking about? Yep. What is, what is that? That means that she's really allowing the messages to flow through her and not stick. And that I think is really wise. That's why I write everything down prior to a session. Um, I'm the same way. I call it channeling information and it just flows through. And I'm kind of the same way at the afterwards. I'll be like, mm, can you remind me what we talked about last time? Cause I don't know. Um, and that what's happening in the mind is that the mind is moving into a place that's very similar to meditation and the thinking mind shuts down. So because that information isn't meant for the messenger, it doesn't like 
stick in there is the best way I can describe it. It just flows out to whoever needs it. So how would you classify her gift? Is, would that be intuitive because she gives the message? Um, she... She's Well, because she's getting messages from people who have passed that were mm -hmm. like living human in this lifetime, we would probably call that a medium. And it can, Well, yeah, that's true. Um, I guess I knew that because, mm -hmm. you know, it's all over TV. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but there are other dreams where it's not delivered by a specific person. It's just a dream about something like somebody could be sick, but the, the message wasn't delivered by a person like her medium part. Is that something else? Yeah, that sounds a little bit more like, and there's probably a specific term for people who get the messages while they're dreaming. Um, but that sounds a little bit more like an intuitive message when it's like that. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to tell her that. So thank you for the segue about my yes. friend. Um, yes. So Kathy, why do people seek you out? I want to talk about the, uh, actually, if I may preface, mm -hmm. like not preface that, let me, let me clarify what I'm really getting to. So you don't, um, so you understand uh, and everybody understands. I think that there could be, I'm not saying I have this, but I'm just saying there could be a misconception about what type of person seeks out uh, an intuitive clairvoyant. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm only saying this because you implanted an image in my head that I didn't have about what a clairvoyant meant. <laughs> right. And now I'm thinking, well, maybe people there think that a particular client is, fits X mold. I don't know what that is, but like maybe, maybe there is. So I'm not trying to blame you. Yes, I am. Mm -hmm. um, all my fault. <laughs> the, you know, you gave me the whole old-fashioned fortune teller, like gypsy yeah. vibe. So I'm yeah. just saying, well, what if there is, what if there's somebody out there that's like, you know, I could really use that kind of help, but I don't want to be seen as one of those people. But I don't know what one of those people mean, but I'm just yeah. saying, so what, so to dispel anybody that might have that, like mm -hmm. what? What is your typical client like? I mean, I'm sure that they bleed. I'm sure that they breathe air. Yes. Uh, they probably even wear all the same clothes we all wear. So like they so far, do. they're probably normal. But Yep. And they, they have regular jobs and children and families and lives. The most common reasons why people um, sink me out is that they're feeling sort of stuck or uncertain in their life. Or maybe they're sort of reaching like, um, like a breaking point where something has to change and it isn't just the standard, like just fix your diet and exercise and it'll all be better. Um, sometimes they're longing for more, but they don't really know what that is. And, um, and a good handful are really seeking to live their life's purpose. And they're just still uncertain about what that purpose is. I have this really magical way of pulling people's life's purpose out of them as well and getting them moving forward on that path. So those are kind of the biggest descriptors of why somebody would come to me. And often, I will add this in too, often they've tried sort of more traditional routes like working with a therapist or a traditional life coach and not meeting with success because again, though they tend to follow like really set programs or mm -hmm. set ways of working with people. And, and it 
isn't customized or individualized enough for them. So they're really, when they come to me, they know that like I'm giving them exactly what is right for them and nobody else. Like no two sessions look or sound alike. It just can't happen. Oh, I, I mean, that kind of makes sense. I mean, I'm not saying that to, to belittle what you just said, but I mean, it would right. make sense. I mean, people are individual and, um, you know, that's like what I, what we talk about on the show is that no, it doesn't matter. Like we could all be in the same room looking at the same piece of art. We're yeah. all going to see the different things. Exactly. I mean, even the color and the hues of the colors, we're going to see different shades or hues of the colors. Right. You know, you, know, you might see um, a bright yellow. I might see a banana yellow. Somebody else might see sunshine yellow. I don't know. Is that a right. thing? Marigold yellow, whatever. Sure. <laughs> whatever that yellow is so right. it would only make sense that those all filter in and through and and you know if we're really talking about energy patterns I mean that would all be a way to influence the whole system and then reflect back out in whatever they're going to project to the world right um, yeah and then like totally I I had like somebody said like a little bit of like the image of like, oh, somebody who comes to see an intuitive or clairvoyant must be like sort of hippy dippy trippy. See, you know? there's that. That's the that. Yeah. Yeah. So like that. And, that. There you go. You labeled what I was trying to figure out. Yeah, but, and that really isn't the case. I it, even with myself, I would say like maybe I I veer a little bit, like I'll wave my sage around and stuff like that. But if you were to like see me walking down the street, it'd be like there I am in my jeans and my t-shirt, and my flip flops. Like you wouldn't think. Like, oh, there's that crazy clairvoyant lady. You, you know what I mean? You wouldn't bat an eyelash. Um, and so I think like the stereotypes around this type of work is what I'm like kind of on a mission to dispel. Like everybody has energy and this type of work and healing is for anybody who is in that place where they're just feeling a little bit lost and, and having someone who can point the way non-judgmentally, like it's for anybody. By the way, on this show, we embrace the pregnant pause. It's not a bad thing on this show. Yeah. It's all unedited. It just means that I'm thinking. Um, and so there's two things that happen with me. Like one, either I'm thinking or I will start to talk really fast and say five things at once because my brain is on overload. It's one or the other. So in this case, what I'm thinking of is a way to, um, okay, got it. So has shows like Tyler, what's his face? Sorry, Tyler. I don't remember your last name. And, uh, Teresa Caputo. Caputo. Um, and then before her, there was, um, a nice lady with a beret. Um, she was in California too. Um, I forget her name. Sorry, person, I forgot your name. But uh, like, have shows like that helped or hindered your cause to remove stigma? I think Teresa Caputo's show, The Long Island Medium, helped me personally tremendously because it was so nice to see someone, you know, as much as she's sort of like a very vibrant character type of person it was still really nice to see someone talking about their gifts in a way that like she was obviously very comfortable with and and helped frame some of my own experiences as i was really becoming more cognizant of my gifts to the point where 
I, even there were a few times super secretly, like just to my husband or something, I would say, um, I had a Teresa Caputo moment. And, and I'm like digesting what that means because being a medium is not my forte um, unless it's really relevant to somebody's session that they're having with me. Um, but so for me, it was really helpful. It was like, oh, it's not necessarily totally out there that I have this gift um, if they're making TV shows about it. So I think that her show is helpful because it is bringing it a little bit more into mainstream awareness. Even if not everybody agrees or accepts or understands, at least it's out there where we can have a conversation about it. Well, definitely. Uh, I got to like on that last point, um, conversation is really what it's all about. So like the podcast itself is, you know, I can have a conversation with you, a complete stranger. We can agree. We might disagree. We might violently agree. You know, um, my family, we're a violent agreeers. People think we're arguing, <laughs> but we're actually in agreement. Just, it's just how we are. Um, like on the outside looking in, we've been told that they think we're arguing. We're just agreeing. Um, so, and at the end of the conversation, like we can leave and both have learned something from it. That's the whole, the whole goal. So I think the key thing here is to have the conversation. If you're, I would encourage people, like if you're a non-believer, have the conversation, but don't be, don't be rude about it. Like sincerely have the conversation, ask probing questions mm -hmm. to learn to learn, just, I'm just gonna leave it like that. And then maybe you'll learn something, maybe you'll walk away, maybe you'll be a believer, maybe you won't. Right. But the last thing I want you to do is walk up with a tood and just be rude about it. Um, and any topic, whether it's about this clairvoyance and intuitiveness, uh, if you meet Teresa Caputo on the street, I mean, you know, just be nice about it, have a conversation, I'd be willing to bet. People like Kathy Weiss here, our new best friend, by the way, is, going to have that conversation with you and will be willing to talk about it, right? Absolutely. I love it. I, I, I get excited. I'm like, we could talk about it all day. Bring it on. Ask me your questions. And if you really don't believe me, ask me for a reading and then I can just like blow your mind. <laughs> people always say, oh my God, you're totally right. You're so spot on. How did you know that? And I'm like, I don't know how I know that. I just know it. <laughs> um, it's kind of on the business card. Right, like, right. You know, like I'm clairvoyant, intuitive. It's like exactly. right there, right exactly. there, uh, underneath the joy healer. It's like, yes. you know, I mean, maybe you know, it's right there. So, um, what are? All right, so this is one of those moments where my brain has hit a, a junction, and I'm avoiding what I really want to ask. So I'm gonna go there. No, I can't go there. I'll go there later. Okay. Um, not a bad thing it's not like i'm holding anything back it's just like i i don't like when i turn the podcast about me it's, it's about you so i'm it's about you. oh we could talk about you um so what are some common questions that you get asked i know you touched on them a little bit and and as far as topics go about purpose and things or do, do you start the process by you've spent some time um without any um preconceived or, you know, unconscious biases. That's one reason, you know, by the way, everybody asks, David, why don't you do video? You know, mm -hmm. 
I feel like that we definitely could have a, a, a more intimate conversation if we were looking at each other, especially because we're using Zoom, but I don't like to know anything about my guests to remove any unconscious biases. So I totally get right. where you're coming from there. I don't, you know, when I schedule an, uh, an appointment with a guest, I don't know who's showing up until the appointment. Um, mm-hmm. When they log into Zoom and I see their name pop up as a participant. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're male, they're female, or gender neutral, whatever they decide to do. Um, you know, so I totally get why you do that, and it makes a lot of sense to me. But what are some of the questions? Well, I guess let me back up. So the process works. Do you start out, or do you let them ask questions? I kind of let – it depends on the person, honestly. Um, I'll say – and it depends on if they're new to me or if they're an ongoing client. Um, so like with an ongoing client, I might say like, do you want to catch me up on what's been going on or do you want me to start first? And then, you know, depending on what they want is how we go with a new, like a brand new person. Um, I'm, I'll check in and make sure they understand that they know how I work, how I did their reading, things like that. And if they have any questions for me, whether it's about the process or a question that they were hoping would get answered during the session. Um, And then again, I kind of let them take the lead if they want me to dive in or if they have some things they want to say or talk about first. So I'm, I'm really open to how that part of it works. Oh, that's cool. So it really even goes into more of like the, I don't know how else to describe it, but we're talking about frequencies and energy, like the Mm -hmm. tone, the tone of the meeting or the session. Session, is that the right word? I use session, but you could call it a meeting, whatever. Um, I mean, it's kind of like a synonym. Am I wrong there? No, I would. Yeah, I think they're I mean, very similar. They're, they're similar. I mean, yeah, I think they're, they're close enough for rock and roll, right? Yeah. 100%. <laughs> right. Good. Um, so in the session, so the session just kind of flows. And then it sounds like there's really like an organic flow to it. Yes. So totally. It is. It is organic um but i will still say that i hold the reins of that organicness to make sure that everything that came up in their reading gets covered and discussed um because whatever comes up in their reading is the most important thing as far as what happens with their energy and then i kind of feel like anything else that they want to talk about is a little bit secondary i'm not going to dis- dismiss it or not get to it mm-hmm. but they're hiring me to read their energy and work with them in their energy field. So I always make sure that that part happens. So Teresa, um, and I know this is, I'm not trying to bring her up to like make this about her, but it's just an association. Yes. So she has a very big tell, like when she's getting a message, Mm -hmm. she bites her lower lip. It's like, you know, something and she gets anxious. Yeah. During a session or even before, Do you have a tell? Like, is there, is there something that, that happens to you? And then like question B to that question one, A and question B um, would be if you have somebody like me, who's very chatty and you can't shut them up. Like, do you have like, I like this, I got to tell you this message, just (laughs) David, shut up. I got to get this out. Like, does that ever happen? 
definitely say something like shut it right <laughs> yes <laughs> totally um but do i have a tell i don't i don't know if I do or not, I think somebody else would need to interpret that for you. When I'm doing the reading prior to the session, it's literally me sitting in my office chair with a clipboard and I'm in a, a real meditative state. So probably it looks really super boring on the outside. Like what's she doing? Writing on a notepad, you know, it doesn't look like anything. Um, when I am in more of the clear audience where I'm hearing words and phrases, um, I have a tendency to tip my head. Um, I guess that would be to my left because I hear a little bit more. It feels like it's on the right side of my brain or whatever. Um, so I will tilt my head and then I'll start to just, I'm even doing it right now, um, even though you can't see me, I'll start to gesticulate with my right hand around the right side of my head where I'm hearing the information. Um, so maybe that would be a little bit of a tell that it's happening, but it's definitely not as pronounced as like the way Teresa um, kind of starts to behave. I did used to experience massive amounts of anxiety, um, mm -hmm. I think, before I understood and could regulate my gifts. But now that I understand them and I let them flow with ease, um, I don't really experience anxiety unless I am picking it up from the other person in which case I will feel anxious um, sometimes I will feel sad and get a little bit teary-eyed and even kind of want to start to cry a little bit with someone's energy um, but even then I can distinguish when it's me and when it's them do you absorb that's what empathic right do you Empaths, absorb yeah yeah are you do you take on other people's uh, emotions or do you, not, are you a, not anymore, do, not anymore. Do you no. shut that off? Like you're like, no, done. Yeah. Yeah. I've really learned how I, because I've understood that I'm highly sensitive. I know like when I need to kind of like dial it back a little bit. Um, I've done a lot of work with myself through yoga and meditation and learning about energy and subtle body energy and really learning just to distinguish what is mine and someone else's. Um, so I don't absorb other people's energy anymore. Maybe my husband's, but that's because we're energetically connected. If that makes sense, like spouses share an energetic cord or an energetic tie. So, um, I kind of can't help it a little bit with that. And wives tend to, um, feel their husband's energy a little bit more than the husband feels the wife's energy. Interesting. Um, I definitely can see why. I mean, if you're partnered, I, 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 nobody judge me for the, what I'm about to say, but if you're partnered properly and you're in sync or in tune with, with that person and, you know, I'm not saying like all relationships are, you know, perfect all the time but i'm you know we we all even the best relationships we you know we have our little spats now and then but still there would be you know that familiarity that that i can see the connection mm -hmm. would just have to be there um then i can see why people who would i would say would be in dissonance would be at odds with one another. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, anytime people are in intimate relationships, whether it is like a marriage or, you know, committed relationship or parent to child type relationship, you're, you're, there is an energetic tie there. So um, that's why I really get on my clients who are parents to heal and maintain and elevate their energy because it directly affects their children. Whether that- they... Is that the like, um, so I often, uh, and, and I, I preach this now after I talked to um, a previous podcast guest who was like, you, you can't pour for an empty cup. She said, she must've mm-hmm. said that about 50 times. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what you're referring to? That same kind of mentality? Like you can't, you, you can't pour anything from an empty cup. Right. It, yeah. It's very similar. Um, it's also sort of like some things for your children, you can't fix for them, you can only model for them. Um, and that's not quite the direction I really want to go with that. Um, so imagine two people with a cord in between them and it's magically attached. Just trust me on that. Um, and along that cord is energy or vibration or whatever. And if you as the parent are pissed off at your job, you're exhausted all the time and you're eating crap food, that's what you're sending to your child, basically, um, is pissed off and tired and unhealthy stuff. And you will see the children's behavior affected by that. Or conversely, if you're, you know, exercising and doing your spiritual practices or whatever and taking really good care of yourself and you're great even if you don't love your job you're grateful for what it provides for you that's the energy you're sending to your children whether you even have conversations about it or not and and it affects them directly or spouses so it's like if you want to improve your relationship improve your energy That makes sense to me. Uh, and I'm just absorbing that and thinking what popped into my head, Kathy, was the secret, mm-hmm. or the law of attraction. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've talked about that with several previous guests, and, and I'm not saying I want to focus there with you, but yeah. there's a lot of similarity there that I'm tying together. So, like, this is a very introspective interview for me, the where I'm absorbing and tying it to other things. So, I just yeah. want you to, like, where where my silence is coming from today is like I'm connecting dots in my head. So um, much like we're tied together with our intimate relationships, and I believe that could probably even extend to work because we spend an awful lot of time with those people. Yes. Um, Good or bad, you know, some more than others, but the law of attraction is really tuning into what you what you want or or desire and having that manifest and I'm saying it wrong because I'm trying to concentrate more on what we're talking about but that still it's like a tie to a to that but we're all so like you're tied into that energy like it's all just one big energy flow yes yeah yeah, you may not be articulating it quite as clearly as what you want, but yeah, you're yes. you're making Thank the you. con- yes, you're making the connection, and and the law of attraction is a part of the equation, absolutely, a hundred percent, because the energy that you put out is what comes back to you. 
So if you want well-behaved children or a spouse that's doing awesome things for you and, you know, having a great relationship, it's then what, what, what is your energy? What are you putting out? Because whatever you put out is what's going to come right back at you. So this is, again, I'm, I'm going to, and that's why I'm the joy. I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you though because I'm yeah. rude like that, um, and that's why I'm the joy healer. So joy, love, freedom, and alignment are the highest energetic vibrations that we can live in as humans. And so this is why I am called the joy healer because I'm working with my clients to get them more consistently in a place of abiding joy than anywhere else. And when you can live in a place of abiding joy, everything about your life becomes satisfying, fulfilling. It, you have much more clarity. You have direction. Um, your choices become easier and obvious and more lit up for you. Um, and you are, when you are in a place of joy and clarity, you are living your soul's purpose. Say that last part again. I, I heard you, but I need to hear it again. Yeah. When you're living in a place of joy and clarity, you're living your soul's purpose. Some is version it, of that. Okay. Well, was, I'm th is it really that simple? Yes. Um, so I guess what, what I'm interpreting. So I, okay. I, I think I understand. I think I'm on the same page. So what you do is get people to that, um, to that, oh shoot, I didn't write it down because I was paying too much attention. And then my brain went someplace else. But um, it did, joy and, what is it, joy and? The highest vibrations, no, joy, no, no. or you joy get, and clarity. Yeah, okay, so that's what you get. You try to get people there, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that fulfills their soul's purpose. So. Yeah. That is the soul's purpose is joy and clarity. And then there's that thing that helps them attain that. So like it might be, and, and this is where I need you to, to correct me if I'm wrong, because mm -hmm. I, I, I get it, but now I need, I'm, I'm a social, I might be taking it too far, but like, let's just say, um, I, know, I know this, I know this guy um, mm -hmm. because he's our dog trainer. And mm -hmm. He's allergic to dogs, like, I mean, wickedly allergic to dogs, but just he's the best trainer. Like, he's like the guy on TV um, mm -hmm. who I can't think of. He's, he's that good with dogs, and they drive him nuts as far as his allergies. They don't drive him nuts as far as whatever. Right. But, like, when he's around them, I can see the joy and the clarity. Mm -hmm. So his vocation ties into that? That's a question. For that person, absolutely. It does a hundred percent. If he's with the dogs and he is experiencing joy, the cool thing is his joy is benefiting other people because he's training the dogs, but he's doing it because it's his joy. It's almost like there's this weird selfishness that mm -hmm. benefits other people when we live in joy. Okay. So vocation doesn't necessarily have to be that like I'm putting this thing in front of all of that, but it could be vocation. Mm -hmm. Could be you volunteer for something that's not, but that's also a vocation, I guess, too. But could be a non-paid one. But like there, are, there's this column. Am I right in perceiving that there's this extra column that there's something more 
there that helps get to or equates to joy and clarity that soul's purpose or am i is it just joy and clarity soul's purpose done like that's that's it do you know i i'm not yeah yeah it should because now we're getting kind of like esoteric and and it's tricky right because we want to we want to overthink it and i'm being clear and i'm an overthinker so you're you're not apologizing and and Growth and expansion is the movement of the entire universe. Rob Bell has a really great two-hour whole shebang called Everything is Spiritual that explains how the the momentum of the entire universe is growth and expansion. We all have souls that are a part of the universe, and so our soul's natural movement is growth and expansion. So all of our souls have the purpose of growth and expansion. And how we choose to grow and expand is a little bit free will and how we choose to get into the world. And then, then, you know, we get into like all kinds of other cosmic stuff, but with the joy and the clarity, I'll give you a personal example. I heart Disneyland so hard. It's ridiculous. Um, if you said to me, you want to go to Disneyland? I'm going to be like, heck yeah, let's get in the car. Let's go right now. Got my annual pass. We're going. Uh, and being in Disneyland brings me great joy. Does that have anything to do with my work? Not necessarily, except every time I go to Disneyland, I have these massive aha moments that somehow help me in my work as the joy healer. Really? That's every awesome time. To hear. Like, can you every give time. Me an example? Yeah. The most recent one that I had was just a couple weeks ago. In the law of attraction, and especially the way that Abraham Hicks talks about the law of attraction, we have this emotional scale, this energetic vibrational scale, where at the very bottom is things like depression and disenfranchisement and anger, and it starts to move up into like shame and blame and pessimism. In the middle is boredom. And then up above boredom, we get into things like hopefulness and optimism and eager anticipation and happiness. And then up at the top is the joy, love, freedom, and alignment that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. But what happened this last time I was there is that it became very clear to me that joy is its own energetic vibration above all the other ones. So all those other emotions that I listed, they're all part of this energetic wave. So if you could imagine like I drew a line with my finger and so the bottom of that line is like the the depression and all the what we would perceive as negative emotions right in the middle is boredom and up at the top is happiness. And and for a long time I thought that joy was a part of that wave but it's not it's its own wave above it. And that wave is smaller and a higher frequency at the bottom of that wave is what I call abiding joy. And that's like I wake up every day with a smile on my face and this warm, fuzzy feeling in my heart because I'm in love with my life. Because there's daffodils blooming outside and they're stunningly beautiful. Um, And I have a roof over my head and I have functioning internet. Um, And I love the work that I do. And I love having these kooky conversations with people like you. Um, And at the top of that wave is ecstatic joy its own separate category away from all the other emotions, abiding joy daily, just this mm, life is good. Ecstatic joy is what most people think that joy is, is like the big highs. It's 
going down the waterfall on Splash Mountain or um, going into, I don't know, what would be for other people, like um, skiing down a big mountain or surfing a giant wave. Those like rare moments that are like higher than all the other highs. I'm going to call that ecstatic joy. And those are worthy um, to pursue because they are a part of our soul's purpose. They're, you can't like surf a big giant wave and be anywhere but present and alive in your body. And that's ecstatic joy. And that's your soul's purpose. But so is abiding joy because we can't live our entire life surfing that giant wave. Like, like literally, you know what I mean? You can't hunt, spend 24 hours a day out there in the ocean. So abiding joy is where I'm really helping people get and reminding them of their ecstatic joy, but like, but like the goodness of life that all that stuff I just said right there was my aha moment at friggin' Disneyland while I was enjoying the new ride called rise of the resistance, which I'm slightly obsessed with right now. Well, it is the happiest place on earth. It is. Um, so I just, I have to say that, I mean, it makes sense physically. You can't, well, you could technically be out in the middle of the ocean forever. Mm-hmm. You can't ride away forever because it will hit land. That's the right. whole purpose. If anybody knows the science behind a wave, the way that the water comes in and hits a shallow point and then rolls on itself, it's going to hit shore. You can't ride away forever. Right. Um, and that makes sense. And so you're describing that in a typical sinus wave pattern with up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, where does because what what you said is abiding joy the way you described it to me it almost really sounded like gratitude but i know that that's not right based on what you just said but like a lot of the things that you were saying them Mm -hmm. made me feel like you were you know being thankful that there are daffodils you're thankful you have a house and a roof above your head Mm -hmm. and you know you're thankful that somebody like threw the word clairvoyant at you mm-hmm. two years ago and you know you're like that's how like when you were saying it I felt yeah. gratitude when you said it not yeah. that I didn't feel the joy in your voice yeah like I like I picked up I was hearing gratitude yes and I think they're very similar but what I'm hearing I'm going to drop a little clear audience message on you what I'm hearing is that most of us with gratitude or thankfulness we don't feel it physically and viscerally in our bodies. We dutifully take out our gratitude journals and we write down, I'm grateful for my house. I'm grateful for my dog. I'm grateful for whatever. And it's a mental exercise, but it isn't a heartfelt cellular. I'm actually feeling and vibrating with it. And when we get to abiding joy, it's actually a physical, visceral vibration. Even when I just talk to you right now, if I, mm-hmm. I wish I could describe how I feel. Like my body feels like it's buzzing and tingling. And that little feeling in the pit of the stomach where like you can feel a giggle wants to start to like rise up. Um, and my heart feels like really warm and fuzzy. But with gratitude, I could totally just be like, yeah, I'm grateful for, you know what I mean? It just feels very different on a cellular level. Okay. No, thank you for, I think, thank you for explaining that. That Mm -hmm. was my, like, I didn't think that they were the same. That's why I asked it that way. But I mean, like I was feeling it, like you were making me feel that too. Yeah. 
I don't know. That's how like way I can describe that. Yeah. Cause I'm, you know, cause I'm powerful like that. And I'm just like saying, and when, and when we're in joy and this is why I'm like getting so cuckoo passionate about joy in my life lately is because when we are in joy and we're feeling it viscerally in our bodies, our vibration is higher and stronger. Think about if you dropped a pebble into a pond gently, I'd be like boredom. If you like took your pebble and you smashed it really hard into the water, the vibrations are going to be higher and faster and travel farther. That's joy. So when I'm like literally feeling joy and I was totally feeling it when I was talking with you, like that's how strong that energy is. We're like several states away from each other and you could feel it. Yeah, for sure. So that was good. I have two things that, that are in my head right now. One is, so if I'm, interpreting what I'm experiencing as much as you are able to pick up like you probably because of your gifts are in tune with me at, at some level yeah um, but as much as you described yourself earlier as a receiver I feel like you can project Yes, I am also, a, we would call that like a healer. So I do also do energy healing, which is kind of its own separate category that we maybe we'd like need to come back another day and talk about energy healing. But yes, I can send energy as much as I can receive it and, and get anywhere on the planet, which is like mind bending is that energy healing is not limited by time, space or technology. So I could even do an energy healing for someone and they could decide to receive it like tomorrow. It doesn't have to be occurring in what we consider like the same temporal place in time. It's a little bit mind blowing. I'm going to say that um, somebody, somebody's mind out there was blown by that. For me, it's not a shocker or, news and I yeah. don't mean that in a dismissive way at all yeah. like, I, I don't mean like hey David you just burst Kathy's bubble that's not what I meant at all like, <laughs> yeah, I, totally. like I, I to like in my head like we could go like that's a conversation that we could have for another hour and a half it's just yeah. about, about time space and yeah. and you know that so Ooh, I got chills. I just got covered in chills. So the universe <laughs> is saying like, yeah, you guys need to talk about that. So that, that's just some, that like, that's a whole other conversation we can yeah. get into. So I get, so I, I am kind of dismissing it, but not in a negative form of dismissal. Right. I'm just putting that on the side because we're going to save it for another that's day. That's a whole nother conversation. Like, yeah. There's, there's, um, there's a lot out there that we don't understand for I think a couple reasons. One, we're either blocked that mm -hmm. we just aren't ready for the message or mm -hmm. we're not, we're ready for it, but we can't do much with it yet. We haven't, we haven't evolved enough to do what we need to do yet. Yep. So those are just personal theories that you heard here first. Um, lucky you. Boom. <laughs> All right. So what was the other? Th I think I laid both on you. Oh, no, the other second one. So have you seen one of Texas' greatest treasures, um, Talks on Joy? No. Matthew McConaughey does a talk on joy. Oh, I'll just check that out. And he talks about how when his acting really took off mm -hmm. is when he changed his mindset 
that happiness is a fallacy. It's joy yeah. is what it, where it's at. And when he took joy in his performances from the performance sake, and he wasn't worried about being happy, but he enjoyed what he did, mm-hmm. everything changed for him. So that's basically what his talk is about. Yes. I'm like, so I wish you could see my, I'm like, yes, I'm like shaking my hand. Like, yeah, exactly. Cause I'm even starting to really think that the, the happiness set point is bullshit. Am I allowed to swear on your show? I just, you, you, yeah, there, this is, you're, you're fine. This is, it's just us right now. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, I think that the happiness set point, number one is crap. And I think number two, that's why so many of us are tripped up. Is because we think that we um, we came into this world with only a certain amount of happiness allotted to us, and we're stuck with it. And exactly what you were describing with Matthew McConaughey is is that joy is a whole different thing. It's not even on the same emotional scale as any other emotion. And if we can give ourselves permission to feel whatever it is that brings us joy, whether it's going to Disneyland or acting in a movie or reading a great book or playing with you know playing with dogs, even though we're allergic to them, that that's, that is the transformative power. Like your life becomes a phenomenally different visceral experience. Even if on the outside, it seems like nothing else has changed. Then I will recommend that you watch, uh, uh, Matthew's video. Cause you know, we have a few things that we're really proud of. It's actually, that's not a, that's that's an untrue statement. We have many, 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 many uh, cubed times infinity things that we're proud of as Texans. One is George Strait, the country singer, King George, oh, yeah. we call him. Yeah. Uh, Matthew McConaughey. I could go on, but, you know, so I would say that. I'm going to check it out. Email, yeah. If, I, if, you, if you easily know a link, you should email me the link. I just know it's on YouTube and I just search for it once in a while. I've watched it a couple times to really try to understand the message. Yeah. And I and mean, so, it, it, it resonated with me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it resonated yeah. with me at a certain level. Yeah. But talking with you today, it makes more, more sense. And sometimes we have to hear something repeatedly. I'm going to, I'm going to dive into my um, education. I have a master's degree in education and sometimes we have to hear see and interact with something up to 40 times before it becomes like an ingrained part of us. So it makes sense that you would have to go back and hear, you know, and listen to that talk a few times and then hear the same idea presented slightly differently in order for the connections to be made. That's just sort of how the brain works. Um, That's why I often say to people like, go back and listen to that message again, go back and like it's not a one and done kind of a thing. We need to constantly be taking in the same information for it to really click. I married a teacher, so I, I totally get what you're you saying. You know what's there. up, yeah. Well, yeah. If I, if I don't, she tells me so. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> and I say that in the most loving way. I mean, you know, we've been my my. I say this all the time, but you know, the the, the listeners already know it's been thirty years um, together. Um, we're college sweethearts, so that's amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. Actually, I don't. You know, I say these things, and uh, you know, again, I don't mean to say it dismissively. I'm just trying to segue to what I want to ask next. Yes. Because um, the 30 years is no small feat, especially in today's day and age. No. Um, 
yeah, it'd be funny. Like next time we're in California, we'll have to come out because like, I would sincerely like to sit down with the two of us and see how brightly the bond shines. Totally. Totally. That would would be fascinating for me just to, to, to see that. Um, because we definitely don't have to. I know people talk about, you know, when they're with somebody for a long time. Again, we're talking coworker, intimate relationship. And intimate does, by the way, people, intimate does not mean sexual. So when we say intimate, we're talking about close friends at work, your close friends, your spouse, your partners, your kids. Let's not be freaky about it. Right. So, but, you know, um, you know, that I would love to know what that looked like. Cause there are people who are like, Oh, I can finish sentences for so whatever. Like we don't, mm-hmm. we, we have entire conversations without saying any words. Sure. I mean like it, legit, it's, it's crazy. Um, well, she'll know what I'm thinking. I know what she's thinking. Like, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like I just, I will come home with, I will just stop at the store and come mm-hmm. home with like whatever Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I was going to text you, but I forgot to get that. And I'm like, I know. I heard you. I heard you in my mind. I heard you. Um, yeah. I, heard you. I don't need to see you in person to tell you that you're like your bond, like whatever your bond or whatever. Um, it just see the two of you standing in a golden circle together. You're inside the same circle and it's golden and it's kind of like, um, not electrified isn't the right word, but like spark, like good sparks coming off of the edge of it. So you have a really strong um, tie and connection in, and it's like the two of you in there. So that's like super awesome. Well, it's us against the world. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. that's totally it. That's a hundred percent that energy. You just, you just described in your words, what I saw in my mind. And then, um, so I'm just going to say this to maybe solidify that, but there's uh, like, and my kids know this too. So this is not a shock to my kids, but she comes and people ask me um, why, you know, how long have you, you know, you've been together for 30 years. Like what's your secret, whatever. And I'm like, she comes first. Mm-hmm. Like there is like, it's her, then the kids. I mean, not that we don't love our kids, but mm-hmm. like we do. And it, it, but she comes first. Yeah. Our, totally. you know, that, 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 that comes first. Um, yeah. So that's why it's us against the world. You know, our kids, our kids never, never, ever did that BS game where they're like, you know, I know dad will say, yes, he's the pushover, you know, you know, whatever, like, you know, that kind of thing. Because, you know, if they asked me, I knew what the answer was from her. And there was never, there was never a divided front on anything. Mm Mm-hmm. And never, and the kids, they could never, they could, they never even tried because that just, it wasn't a thing. Right. It wasn't like a, Hey dad, can we go do this? And I would never say, what'd your mother say? I know what she's going to say. You just know. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Um, but there have been times just so people know there have been times I would, I would say, go ask your mother because it might be like, where are we going for dinner? And I'm like, I, I don't make that decision in this house, Kathy. I don't. I'm like, go ask mom what's for dinner. Like, that's one thing that that I can't pick up on from her. And I don't even try. I'm just like, whatever you want, we're just go. I don't care. It's fine. Yep. She, yeah. She's like, well, you have to have an opinion. I'm like, like the one thing that I don't want to do in life is play the game. Like, how about this, 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 and this? Just tell me what you're hungry for. and We'll just go get that. I really don't care. <laughs> 
I just heard myself when you said you have to have an opinion. I believe I have uttered that phrase a few times in my own household and gotten the same response, which was, no, I really don't care. Whatever you want. It's, it's okay. look, for, for on behalf of him, it's sincerely because we, we love you guys. And it really, honestly, it, we, it doesn't matter. We might have an opinion of like what we might like, but we know deep down that there's something that you want mm-hmm. that we're only going to list a thing and it's just by the process of elimination, you're going to hear it out and be like, yes, that's what I want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just tell us. Just so we're like, just tell us what that is. Oh, then we don't have to do the listing game. Oh, that's so awesome. We would get on, you know, you're right. If we live next door to each other, BFFs. I'm telling you, so yeah, the listing game. That's my all-time favorite game that was sarcasm. Um, <laughs> I hate the listing game. Just, just, just yeah. it's food. Uh, no matter where we go, I can get some sort of something that I will eat. Just pick and, and, and go. You are and, an awesome husband, David. I try. Um, I do try. Uh, it's relationships are work. They're not easy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have to put effort into it. And I think it's like a relationship is very much like a garden. You can plant all you want. If you just throw seeds on the ground, what are you going to get? Maybe one or two sprouts. If you till the soil, you're going to get better results. If you till it, make the raised beds, fertilize it, water it, make sure it gets enough sun and all, you know, water it again, fertilize it. You're going to get, guess what? You're going to get a good yield. Exactly. So you, you got to, you know, it's work. It's not, nothing's easy in life. Um, mm, I think some things are easy, but then we're going to go like, that's a whole nother rabbit hole. Okay, come on. Just give me three things that are easy. Go. This conversation. Fair enough. Is I mean, way super easy. It's like one of the easiest conversations I've had all day. Um, fair enough. That's not the is, level that I was referring to, but I totally picking up what you're putting down you have to be careful with you're you're right it's perception like it really uh, is going back to the beginning you had when somebody told you a clairvoyant you thought you were the the person from the machine from the movie big big oh my god exactly yeah it's just perception like and i and i'm gonna say like marriage does require tending but it doesn't mean it's hard no exactly I'm not saying it's hard. Yeah. I'm just saying it, it does, it's work. Like it you does have require to, tending. Yeah. It, yeah. It requires tending. It's not like you can put it on autopilot because when you put it on autopilot, my perception is that's when people just depart. Yeah. Yep. You know, cause you can put a car on autopilot, but guess what? You're probably going to go off the road. At some point. I mean, unless probably. it's like a Tesla or something that's got fancy <laughs> stuff. But anyway, I'm not here to ruin oh, my analogy. No. Elon. Oh. Um, so what I want to delve into now, if you don't mind, is have you come across naysayers? No. So my next if they're, question if they're is out this. If they're out there, they are not approaching me. Okay. Well, then I'll throw that next question out. It was like, what do they say to you? Okay. So that's just out the window. And, and probably some, some of it is when I finally did kind of come out of the closet is what I started calling it. Um, a lot of people who knew me were like, um, yeah, we know that about you. We're not shocked. They like, nobody was as shocked as I was when I kind of like became public with this stuff. Um, 
And I think because I embody it so comfortably and so confidently that it doesn't come across as anything to be questioned. And if there, and, and my energy is not, so law of attraction, my energy is not attracting the naysayers. My energy is attracting the people who are on board with me and believe me and um, are eager for what I offer. Well, I know that there's one person in particular who's a listener who's going to be, um, she's a good friend. She's going to be like, you, she doesn't believe in anything like this. So she's going to be like, you were really nice to her. You should have been, you know, asked her that. I don't know what to ask because I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't know what to ask for the negative questions. So right. I'm just going to say she knows who she is. So I'm, I'm, I guess I'm sorry, but you know, you can always contact me and or Kathy directly and have that discussion. I would encourage yeah. it, but um, you know. Yeah, totally. Or what might happen is, you know, if we're again talking about energy, she might bounce off the episode and end up never listening to it. Makes sense. That's true. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's absolutely true. She um, may, she may, and it's, and sometimes that's really weird how that happens energetically. It, like maybe like her technology breaks down or whatever, and she just can't ever get access to this episode or every time she turns it on, something happens that distracts her and she doesn't ever like have the opportunity to listen. That could happen too. That could happen. So can I run a theory by you? So there was a scientific study and then I have, uh, you know, like I boiled it down into a theory and I want to know how that fits into um, Kathy's world. Let's, let's taste it. So it's, it's about luck and there's okay. no such thing as luck. Mm hmm. So there was a study done by some university someplace, and I always tell people I can get the link. It's in my like podcast notes buried down, and I always get too lazy to go find it. But <laughs> there is a study done on luck that there is no such thing as luck. It's really about a mental perception. So um, I have the theory that there's like two two types of people. I know that there's more. Again, I, I, I'm exaggerate. I like to exaggerate or to go to extremes to make the point so we can just, mm -hmm. you know, back away from it and have the conversation. That's mm -hmm. what I'm doing. So there's two types of people in the world. There's person A walks up, um, is crossing the street, sees a $20 bill on the ground, bends over to pick it up, trips in a pothole, scrapes their knee, rips their jeans or stockings or whatever in your mind you want to put that person. Um, and just, you know, all of a sudden looks up and there's people staring and is mortified and they just go to work next and then they get their coffee and, you know, a little bit spills out and burns their hand, doesn't get on their clothes, but it's just, you know, when you're carrying a cup of hot, hot something and invariably like if you're walking too fast, it kind of spills on you. So then they're just, that just solidifies like negative behavior. And then they have a next call and, you know, something on that call is perceived negative and just everything's negative. Mm -hmm. And so they perceive themselves to be unlucky. And then there's the other type of person that same scenarios, except they got up, they picked up the $20, they got up, they saw the people looking and they laughed with the people, the people laughed and like, it was no big deal. They hold up the $20 and they're like, I'm awesome. I got 20 bucks. They take that 20 bucks. That's what they bought their coffee with. Mm -hmm. But they were, but they were so happy about it. That's why they spilled their coffee on their hand. And then they're like, Oh shoot, that, that stung a little bit. And then they were like, 
did I tell you I found $20 on the way into work today? Mm-hmm. And then they have the negative conversation with whoever, but they're like, did I tell you I found the $20 today? Hey. I'm like the luckiest person in the world. So the same events happened, but they perceived that one event differently. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, so I'm asking you, does that my, so, and again, there's no, there, luck doesn't exist. It's the perception mm-hmm. of the events that we label as luck is what I'm saying. How does mm-hmm. that fit in here? I agree with you on what you're describing. So and that, and my mind just wanted to go back and think about like, I found a hundred dollar bill at LAX a little while ago. <laughs> That's where my mind went with it. I was like, okay. I'm just gonna which celebrity snap dropped that it? Come on, oh, come on. You, have, you could tell us, tell us which celebrity no, dropped I it. You know, you picked it up, know. and come on, you you know you. Are. And then we did. We used the hundred bucks to go buy coffee inside of LAX. So I'm like, I have lived that story, and I am a lucky, lucky lady. Like I have yeah, got good so, juju. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it Hold is. Up. Pause. Pause. Okay. Yeah. Could you did you just use the word juju? I use it all the time. Oh, have, definitely I, we're best friends because I use the word juju all the time too. All the time. I, I, I thought actually, it was the only person who used the word juju. No, I actually sign my emails off, love and good juju to you. So um, I don't do that, but I do say word. the word juju. It's my word. Um, <laughs> but I perceive myself as someone that frequently good things happen to. I found two dimes on the ground today. Come on. Like, that's awesome, right? Um, so I do agree that it is a perception and then we can go back into law of attraction. Yes. That's what and, I'm, yes. They, and then how you are trying to lead you there. Yes. And then how you're perceiving your life is the energy you're putting out. Um, I find money on the ground all the freaking time and I get excited about it and I will pick it up whether it's a penny or a hundred dollar bill. Um, and then, the, and then I, and then that generates that vibration within me that I find money all the time, that money comes to me easily, that money comes to me quickly, that money, you know what I mean? Like, and then we could just keep extrapolating with that. Um, and that becomes the vibration that you put out and then what you attract. So the person who is perceiving it as negative probably isn't going to find another $20 bill on the ground because they're going to be too busy avoiding the quote negative consequences and so their energy is not as attractive to those types of situations. And it is more attractive to the negative ones. And then it becomes almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh my God, that negative phone call. And then the next person that I got onto, he was a total jerk too. And then like the next person was an a-hole. Um, and then I went home and the water heater exploded. <laughs> energy. Yep. I um, also take it one step further talking about opportunity and those people who seek opportunity will find it because they're looking for it. So like yeah. I, I kind of take this one step further and I'm like, okay, whatever you're looking for, you will find, which yep. again is the law of attraction is that people looking for opportunity and you're, you know, you've, you found money, you look for money, you will notice money more often because that's what you're in tuned with. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody who's not, they will find and they might be more on the negative scale or the, the frequency scale of the, the pebble who just haphazardly threw it into the water like Eeyore, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're going to see those types of moments. So that's what they're, they're attracting that because that's what they're seeing. That's what mm-hmm. they're in tune to finding. Mm-hmm. They're going to find the cigarette, but on the ground, not the money. 
Mm -hmm. Even if, even if they're side by side. Yeah. Yeah. They won't, like you said, with the episode. Mm -hmm. So it is all tied together. Like she may not be able to, to see or hear this episode because the energy yeah. might be bounced. So somebody's looking down the $20 bill is all of a sudden a chameleon and it turned gray and matches the pavement and that yep. cigarette butts in there. Yep. Totes. All right. You totally got to stop using my words now. <laughs> This is interesting. Can I just do a little like jump segue? Yeah, jump. Um, I don't, I, and I don't know how I do this, but all of my clients say that like I speak to them perfectly and use their language, even down to like that I'm that I'm using and pulling language that you would use. Um, and like I have clients who aren't really comfortable with swearing, and like it never comes up in their sessions, and not because I'm trying to moderate myself. Um, it's just really in alignment with their energy. And then, you know, there's others where it's like every fifth word is like the F bomb, you know, um, because I am, I am tuning in and aligning with energy. So especially now that we've been talking for about an hour or something like that, um, I'm like way dialed into, and I'll just, I'll just keep pulling stuff out of the ether that's, you know, that resonates with you. Um, and that's why people are like, wow, you just like read my mind a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I just read your mind. Fascinating. Yeah. And I don't and like, and then it's like, well, how did you do that? I do. I just do. <laughs> I just do. I, I, I understand where the question, how do you do that could come from a curiosity perspective, mm -hmm. but it's really not a valid question. And I don't mean to say that in a negative way to invalidate anybody's yeah. thoughts, but it's really yeah. not because. Well, I explained it all at the top of the episode. So go yeah. back, go yeah. back and listen to the explanation. Go back to the beginning. Um, go back to the beginning people. So. I am, I've been avoiding this all episode because again, it's not about me. I'm trying to make it all about you, but like, the thing that I keep coming back to is like the life's purpose. And mm -hmm. this is totally, um, and I wanted to say totally magotally, but I, I <laughs> prevented myself from saying that. Don't, don't ever um, hold back. <laughs> life's purpose. Like that's mm -hmm. something that I think um, is a struggle. And I'm not saying that I've found my life's purpose. Mm -hmm. And this is an unfair question and we can table it, but, are you picking anything up for David's life purpose? Yeah, give me a second. Um, when are you 100% present and time fades into nothingness where you might look at the clock and be like, holy crap, three hours just passed? I see you playing basketball, but I don't think that's it. But like, what is it that... What no. is it that like time, you know what I mean? It's like, and it's not that it's just, that it's like that engagement where, where like time is passing because you're so engaged in something. What is that for you? So the, the, this may sound, um, to quote the, uh, immortal philosopher, Kim Kardashian, this might sound cray cray, mm. but that could be almost anything with me. I mean, it, it could. So and I'm not trying to say that to, to like, because I'm trying to throw you off the path or anything. Mm -hmm. I mean that sincerely. Like it could be like, I have those moments when I'm reading a book. Mm -hmm. I have those moments when I'm like working on my bike. Mm -hmm. I have those moments when I'm helping a colleague at work. Mm -hmm. I have those moments on the podcast sometimes. Yeah. yeah. 
there, yeah, you do. so that's what I'm saying is like those and moments where time stops happen could happen while I'm doing almost anything. And, and when you're in those moments, you're having clarity because you're clearly focused. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I'm definitely clearly focused. Um, right. Like your mind. And, and the reason why time passes is because you're fully present and engaged and you're not distracted by, Oh, I've got to like buy the groceries or whatever, because you're doing the thing you're doing. Correct. Yeah. When I'm in these, when I'm in the moment, mm -hmm. which, and by the way, like, cause I'm have, tried to figure this out for myself and you know obviously I, I i know a few things i didn't articulate them quite well because again i come into these conversations cold yeah and it's just you know sometimes my brain works faster than my mouth can say what i want to say but um so i i've looked into this for myself like what would my life's purpose be and like i i've had asked myself like i'm trying to pay attention to what what absorbs me completely and it could mm -hmm. literally be anything and i'm All like well things. that's just that's freaky like that's just not so i why? feel like why because i feel and my perception is that i should be able to find some sort of pattern and then it's presence connect the dots like the to pattern the pat listen listen repetition. david yeah, david okay. shut, shut it shut it you you already said what the pattern is it's presence. What if your soul's purpose is distilled into that one word, presence? I wouldn't know what to do with it. Why? You just said I can be present and lose time reading a book, fixing my bike, at work, doing the podcast. Why can't your soul's purpose be pure, positive presence? What a gift that you give to other people. Your presence, your uninterrupted presence is probably the greatest gift you could give another human being. Why can't that be enough? Well, I'm not saying it's not enough. I guess um, I need to think about that. Well, I warned why you, I'm introspective. Um, why can't it be that simple? I'm not saying it can't be. I just need to digest what you're saying. Yeah. Because like, it's yeah. just like you walked across. It's like you walked from your next door, your next yard, next door BFF. Yep. You came yep. over and you were like, here, have this okay. glass of wine. And then you slapped me at the same time. I need to think about it. <laughs> okay. You think about it. But, but um, in, like, in like the world's fastest and shortest energy reading um, presence. So my initial, so what's coming to mind now is like, if that's truly the thing, then why do I see a lot of like, um, cause I'm like a cat with a laser pointer. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, there goes a squirrel right now. Just kidding. But I mean, yeah, so that's why I'm, that's why I'm in disbelief about what, what not disbelief. That's why I'm guess I'm pushing back a little bit is because I feel like I'm distracted so quickly by other things. And when you do those other things, are you present? Not necessarily. I mean, and I then, do like a ton of multitasking. Um, I get bored very easily. Like my wife will often say like, you get bored so easily with a lot of stuff. I'm surprised you haven't gotten bored with me. And I'm always like, there is nothing about you that is boring that would even be remotely close to, to that. But 
so so how about when you're distracted by something and you aren't fully present and absorbed in it maybe that means that in that moment you're not experiencing your soul's purpose and the whole reason for that experience is to light that up and point you back to the things that do bring you present and bring you back into alignment with your soul's purpose And also, FYI, FYI, no such thing as multitasking. Oh, I know. I, I know. I, I believe me. I said that and I knew the answer to that. And I don't believe in multitasking myself <laughs> because you're really not multitasking. You're ignoring with the first task by doing the second task. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and, and I get it, but that's just what it's called. That's the right. term. It's just right. called multitasking. You can't really do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I can pat my head and rub my tummy at the same time, but Fancy. um you know, that's as fancy as I get. I know that when I'm on a conference call and I'm like watching email that I'm not on the conference call and I'm checking oh, email. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so like, so true. I, I get it. But that my point is like, I get bored by stuff relatively easily. So mm -hmm. I don't know, like, I, I'm not saying I don't believe you with the word yeah. presence being like, a purpose I that would be actually kind of like a really cool purpose but mm -hmm. I just feel like that would be hard to attain to maintain yeah we would have to like then we would really have to sit down with the like is all about David show for like an hour but if I could if I could like poke around in David's energy for an hour and like really like it to me it feels like um like I would need to move away and this is where it's i'm sad we don't have video you can't see me gesticulating but it's sort of like there's like a spongy foamy material in your energy field that i would want to like scrape away to get into like the heart of the matter um but i can't do that in the like five seconds that we have left together hey, um, let's leave my belly out of this <laughs> right like just <laughs> um, you know, but it, it would take me a little bit longer, but I could, I could starting from where we are right now, I could definitely get in there and, and untangle it for you. Um, it would just take a little bit more time. Fair enough. And again, I, I preface that by saying, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but it was just something that I had to get off my chest because it was just, yeah. you know, and out there. And that's why a lot of people come and hang out with me and they do like I offer packages of six sessions because sometimes it takes a little bit of like clearing out some of the stuff that seems like it at, on the surface. But when we dig a little bit deeper into your energy layers, we find something else. Um, and I have a feeling that's kind of what would be going on with you is like on the surface, it seems like this. But if we were to clear some things away, we would find um, a more refined answer. How very exposing that process would be. Yeah, which is why I really do it privately with people. I don't really like to call people out on podcasts or whatever. Oh, be like, no, that, that, that's Let's fine. sit down that, that, for the next hour. It, it can be, yeah. but it can also be a relief because it's like once you know the answer, then we can do something about it. Oh then yeah, we, I'm not saying one doesn't. Yeah. One definitely, in my mind, leads to the other. I'm just yeah. saying that that would be. I. It can I mean, be. It can feel a little bit exposing or vulnerable, which is it, a, often a hesitancy when people, um, you know, consider working with me, is because there is some vulnerability there. But if you can, kind of courageously walk past that, the magic 
is just magic to it's see like people freaking live. Disney. It is so like it is so yes. Thank you for bringing it back to my nerddom with Disneyland. Um, and by the way, Galaxy's Edge. Holy cow! But is that the new Star Wars thing? Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's my in God. California and Florida, right? Yes. Okay, and is yeah. it duplicate? Do you know if they're duplicates? Because my nephew's going down. Um, yeah, I believe they're pretty darn similar. Maybe the layout of the land is different based on the, um, you know, the actual like ground they built on as far mm -hmm. as like how things are shaped, but the experiences that they offer are the same. Yes. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. He's uh, like the world's biggest Star Wars geek. Yeah. Um, he's going to love it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm like super excited for him to go. And it's like funny, like in my mind, like when I say nephew, uh -huh. like I still see him as this you know, four-year-old kid. I mean, he, I was 12 when he was born. So like, oh. I just still see him, you know, both of us so young, but I mean, right. he's in his late thirties. Like we're grown ass adults. Exactly. I'm running, like, running yeah, around yeah. with like lightsabers. And, I'm in my yeah. late forties. He's in his late thirties. I mean, yeah. it's just weird. Like not that I couldn't have a nephew, but like when I say that in my mind, he's still like four. Right. I totally know what you mean. Yeah. Anyway. So Kathy, is there yes. anything that I didn't cover that you wanted to talk about? Is like, there anything, do you have any thoughts that have come to mind that you're like, I really wanted to talk about this. Now's the time. I think we covered it. And I think we gave people a lot to chew on. And, and I'm feeling like if we give them anything else right now, their heads are going to explode. So maybe, mm. maybe we need to like hook up in a month or two and drop some more. Because then we can go into like the energy healing side of it and the sending energy versus the reading and receiving. It's like a whole different conversation. Yeah, it, it really is. So what I'll say to that is that um, I would definitely like to have that conversation with you. I'm not going to commit to another podcast episode yet because I'm taking some time off and traveling. Oh, great. And I'm not sure if I'm going to continue on with the podcast. Ah, I get it. I had set a goal. I met that goal. I've exceeded that goal. And I've had many, I met so many great people. Um, but I, and I do take joy in doing the podcast, but I don't know. For me, it's, it's a big time commitment. Yeah. Um, it might be winding down. There are other things that I want to, I feel like I've gained what I was supposed to gain by doing it. Because I was compelled to do it, and I feel like I've taken from it what I needed. Right. So I'm going to take this time to reflect on whether, you know, because plus it's the end of season two anyway. Um, we're getting there. Uh, but I haven't decided if I'm going to come back at the, because season three would start at the end of the summer. I would be recording, you know, I record whenever, and but I would start that, start dropping them, like, um probably into the August timeframe. Yeah. Well, growth so and expansion, to... right? You, you fulfill the per, a portion of your soul's purpose with the podcast in the growth and expansion of your soul. Yeah, exactly. So it could be, so it could be it that back, it's done. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it's done, but I, I'm, I'm looking for another host to take it over and oh, take the that. concept and um, take the concept, keep the concept, but the, by changing the host, Mm -hmm. the show will change just so ever slightly and that person will put their personal spin on it. And I kind of want to see that more than yeah. I want to do more episodes myself. I love that. I think that's wonderful. 
so I'm still looking for that person. But you know what? I make I may take my several weeks off here, and because it's uh, it's going to be probably at least six weeks that I'll be away, mm-hmm. um, that I may come back and be like, you yeah, know, I missed it. I might want to do it. But right now, that that's where I'm at. So that's why I'm. I'm not saying I don't want to have that conversation, but I yeah. just, I do, but I don't know if it's going to be with me. It might be with somebody else or right. maybe the podcast, it will just, maybe it will just end. Right. But I f- well, feel I'm, feeling, like- I'm feeling pretty uh, stoked that I got to get in here with you before you wrapped up because it was really fun. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, I was like, talk- I really, I haven't had any guests that I didn't enjoy talking to, which, you know, I get some feedback sometimes that it's like, well, you know, you have this topic, you could have been different. I'm like, well, for me, it's, it's less about the topic and it's more about talking with the person. Right. And that's one of the subliminal things that I'm trying to do is teach everybody that you can have a conversation verbally instead of texting and on your phone and, Mm -hmm. you know, newsflash people you, you nothing bad happens if you actually have a conversation like from right. having the, the conversation itself isn't bad I mean you might perceive that it went one way or the other but did you learn anything from it did you I mean have the conversation with an open mind rock but, on but I'm getting I'm getting preachy so um yeah so that's for anybody listening that's for me if you felt that I should have disagreed or whatever with somebody. It's just, it's less about the topic itself and it's more about the person, no matter who I've talked to. And I have had slight disagreements or non-alignment. Now I wouldn't say the word disagreement, just Mm non-alignment because I've never really disagreed. When I started the podcast, Kathy, I really wanted to have somebody come on who was like a skinhead extreme racist because or I'm using that as an example, like somebody right. with an extreme opinion, right. because I don't understand how people come to those opinions and mm-hmm. their perception led to that reality. So how do they get from A to Z to end up at Z? Right. So that was ultimately one of the goals personally for me was like, how did you start? You're, you're here that had to start from someplace and have a real sincere conversation with somebody who has that extreme opinion. I've talked to people like that, but they don't want to be on the air and I respect sure. their wishes. I, sure. I do. And and I get criticized for that too. And I really, you know, to that, I just say, I really don't care. I, I'm, yeah. re- I'm respecting them as much as I think basic humanity deserves that much respect. And by me respecting that person and their opinions and, you know, maybe I disagreed with them, but I didn't have an argument with them that maybe they were like, okay, well, you know, that wasn't so bad. I can talk right. to other people about this. And by having that more conversations with diverse opinions that their opinion might ultimately change or they might see the world differently. That's my sincere hope. I love it. It's a good mission. But yeah, so yeah, now I got to figure out if it's coming to an end. I'm hoping somebody else might take up the mantle. Kind of like that stupid superhero, not stupid superhero, but there's the Green Hornet or whatever. It's multiple Green Hornets or whoever that was. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I'm not a big superhero person, so I don't know. Yeah, it's not like one of my favorites, but there's a superhero like where, you know, there's multiple people pick it up. But anyway, so um, if you're interested, uh, the Joy Healer, did you say it was the Joy Healer, all strung together.com? Yep, yep. Thejoyhealer.com. Fantastico. Um, 
Well, awesome. I've run out of questions. Actually, that's not true. That's a complete lie and fabrication. I have so many more, but <laughs> they're all on different topics and I'm doing my best to stick to a topic for at least two or three, but like, you know, we've already tabled a couple, um, which is fine. And we've covered what you wanted to cover. So that's good. People know how to find you. We've mentioned that a couple times. They know how to get a hold of me, PIRpodcast at gmail.com or PIRpodcast on whatever social media. I own all the PRI podcast stuff. You can call me on the voicemail line, 1-585-210-0240. Much like I just said, if you don't want to be in here, just preface it. Leave me voicemail, hate mail, love mail, who cares, joy mail, whatever you want to say. Um, if you don't want it to be on, just tell me and I won't put it on. So with that, I think, Kathy, are we done? We're done. I, we're done for today. We're done with this small portion of it. Well, thank you for being here. It um, was my I pleasure. I think we connected a few dots, at least for me personally. Hopefully some other people out there were dots were connected. And whether you believe or don't believe, um, I would just ask that you have an open mind and consider consider the conversation, consider the topics, and if you still have some form of disbelief, have the conversation firsthand and, and maybe learn a little bit more or, you know, Google some stuff. I don't know. Can they Google stuff to find out uh, oh, yeah. real, like there's credible sources out there because yes. Google is a minefield. Yeah, and I, but there I don't are. Feel like, there. I don't feel like people are trained to I think people like to look at the top result, which is usually a paid advertisement versus mm -hmm. finding like a credible source. That's why I'm hesitant by suggesting that. Come to me. I can point people in a good there direction. Go. Thejoyhealer.com. Our friend, Kathy Weiss. Thank you for being here. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.